Hello everyone, it is Friday, June 26, 2020, and welcome to The Beat. I'm Hanya in reporting from Studio 6D today, and I hope you all are doing well. We have a great show for you guys today, and I mean, we always have a great show for you guys every week, but it is Pride Month. This month, and usually this Sunday, the annual parade would be whizzing through Lower Manhattan, but because of the pandemic, it must, like all things, now go virtual. But that won't stop us from learning about a month that means so much to so many. We'll touch on that later on in the show, but as always, it's time for your weekly rundown. Let's get to the latest coronavirus news. As we've reported on the Daily Pulse, the states of New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut are imposing a travel advisory to several states that have seen a rise in coronavirus cases. Those states include Arizona, Texas, and Florida, among many others. The advisory asks that visitors coming into the tri-state must quarantine for 14 days. If not, they can risk fines up to $10,000. New York also has the lowest percent of new cases in the United States, and New York City is gearing up for Phase 3 of reopening on July 6th. Good news for the Empire State right there. One that has been crushed by the virus so heavily. Now, Texas, Florida, California, and a dozen more states are seeing surges in COVID-19. Just yesterday, Florida reported just under 9,000 new daily cases. Texas is rolling back its reopening. And Texas's Governor Greg Abbott has said that the virus has been, quote, spreading at an unacceptable rate and has ordered that bars and other similar establishments must close at noon if they receive more than 51% of their gross receipts. A new ABC News Ipsos poll has tabulated that at least three-quarters of Americans are afraid of contracting the virus. The race for the White House now, Vice President Joe Biden is leading President Trump in almost every single state poll and a national poll by over 10 points. Many pollsters have said that due to the president's response during the pandemic and his response to the Black Lives, Ma Black Lives Matter protests, many voters have been turned off by Mr. Trump. However, that does not give the vice president's team and senior Democrats any ease. Many of those senior Democrats and senior aides to the vice president's campaign have said to not take the poll seriously to, and to continue to aggressively campaign. As we all remembered back in 2016, every poll had Hillary Clinton beating Donald Trump until he came to win the presidency. We'll only know the true results come this November, and by the way, I cannot wait to cover my first presidential election as well. Also, as we reported yesterday, Kosovo's President Hashim Tachi was indicted on war crimes, thus canceling his peace talks with President Trump and Serbian leaders tomorrow. The charges were announced Wednesday at The Hague in the Netherlands. Thatchi came to prominence as a leading figure in Kosovo's Liberation Army between 1997 and 1999 and played part in peace negotiations. The indictment said Thatchi was, quote, criminally responsible for nearly 100 murders and that the crimes alleged in the indictment involve hundreds of known victims in Kosovo, Albanian, Serb, Roma, and other ethnicities that include political opponents. Finally, in the Senate, a bill was passed yesterday that could punish China in moves that would generally destroy the democracy in Hong Kong. The Hong Kong Autonomy Act would impose sanctions on businesses and individuals helping mainland China restrict the autonomy of Hong Kong, and the measures passed by the two bills must still pass the House before reaching the president's desk for signage. That's been your weekly rundown, and when we come back, we'll take a closer look into Pride Month. 
Hi, I'm Christine, and I'm a big fan of The Beat with Panyin. I get caught up on the 2020 elections, the news of the week, and the latest hot topics. Make sure you tune in every Friday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the program. As June comes to an end, many members of the LGBTQ plus community and allies flock to the streets of Lower Manhattan this Sunday for the annual World Pride Parade. There are others in the country, but New York really knows how to throw down a party. As the world is ravaged by the coronavirus, things took a virtual turn, and the parade will now be held this Sunday on WABC7 New York. As we see the celebration of Pride each year, what is the history of it? Let's take a closer look. In the early mornings of June 28, 1969, eight officers from New York City's Public Morals Division raided the Stonewall Inn in Greenwich Village. This raid wasn't unusual in New York or many other cities. Back then, the Public Morals Division enforced all laws for vice and gambling, including prostitution, narcotics, and homosexuality. The NYPD could arrest and even force hospitalization of gay people. On this particular evening, however, the bar patrons fought back. It started when a black drag queen and now icon for the LGBTQ plus movement, Marsha P. Johnson, cried, quote, I got my civil rights, end quote, and threw a shot glass into a mirror, now known as the shot glass that was heard around the world. More and more patrons joined the fight, including people from neighboring bars, and mayhem ensued. Hundreds of people resisted arrest and fought against police oppression. Rioters broke windows, set cars on fire, and injured three police officers. As we have reported the news of the ensuing unrest in the black community of police brutality and violence, we come to remember that the revolution for LGBTQ plus equality started because of police brutality and an oppression of civil rights. That gives us a lot to think about. You may have also noticed that every year, the parade is filled with hundreds of thousands of rainbow flags, and they have become the symbol of Pride Month and the LGBTQ plus community. In 1978, artist and designer Gilbert Baker was commissioned by San Francisco City Supervisor Harvey Milk, who, by the way, was the first openly gay elected official in the United States to make a prominent flag for the city's up-and-coming Pride celebrations. Baker, a prominent gay rights activist, took inspiration from the stripes of the American flag, but was also inspired by the rainbow to reflect the many colors and groups within the LGBTQ plus community. The colors of the flag have a meaning. Red for life, orange for healing, yellow for sunlight, green for nature, blue for harmony, and violet for spirit. And that name, Harvey Milk, a name that is also so prominent in the LGBTQ plus community because, as we said, Milk was the first openly gay elected official in the United States. Unfortunately, on November 27, 1978, Milk was assassinated in City Hall by Dan White, a disgruntled former supervisor who had been the only one to vote against Milk's civil rights bill. A period of mourning and riots ensued after the news broke and White was convicted of manslaughter instead of murder. We'll take another quick break and when we come back we'll take a closer look at the movement today and the landmark ruling that got former First Lady Michelle Obama running out of the White House. We'll be right back. 
Hi, I'm Christine, and I'm a big fan of The Beat with Panya in. I get caught up on the 2020 elections, the news of the week, and the latest hot topics. Make sure you tune in every Friday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, this is Panya in, anchor of The Beat and The Daily Pulse, and I'm not here acting as an anchor or as a reporter right now at this moment, but as a New Yorker. Guys, we bent our curve, but we're not in the clear yet. When you're out and about, go and mask up New York. Spread love the way that we know how to spread love, by not saying a word and showing it with action. Show respect for our doctors and nurses, because guys, we're all in this together. We are always New York tough. This morning, the Supreme Court recognized that the Constitution guarantees marriage equality. In doing so, they've reaffirmed that all Americans are entitled to the equal protection of the law. That all people should be treated equally, regardless of who they are or who they love. This decision will end the patchwork system we currently have. It will end the uncertainty hundreds of thousands of same-sex couples face from not knowing whether their marriage, legitimate in the eyes of one state, will remain if they decide to move or even visit another. That was former President Obama five years ago today on the landmark Supreme Court case Obergefell v. Hodges, the case that marked the legalization of same-sex marriage in the United States. And welcome back to the program, everyone. I'm Panya in reporting from New York. I should also add right there that the, I, I believe the night of or, or the, the day after Whatever the case may be, I think it was the night of, um, the White House was lit into um, rainbow colors and Michelle Obama and her daughters ran out of the White House to take a look at history being made. The fight for marriage equality in the United States has been long and arduous, and things may have been bleak back in 1996 when former President Bill Clinton signed the Defense of Marriage Act refusing to acknowledge same-sex marriage in the United States. However, things began to change in 2004. Massachusetts became the first state in the nation that began issuing same-sex marriage license, and soon other cities and municipalities were following suit. And of course, it was not easy. In 2011, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo signed the Marriage Equality Act legalizing same-sex marriage in the Empire State. Listen to the immediate reaction after the bill was passed. Eyes 33, nays 29. Of course, although you hear cheers from the crowd, there were also dissents as well. But the speech by New York State Senator Diane Savino was one that captured the attention of many across the nation. Here's some of that speech right now. You know, like Senator Adams, uh, this, I've spoken on this floor many times myself, and I've never been quite as nervous. Not because I'm not sure of my position or how I feel or what I think is the right thing to do. Because I'm not sure what's going to happen. And that's rare for the New York State Senate. You know, rarely do we know, not know the outcome of bills before they come to the floor. And rarely have we faced an issue as important as this without knowing the outcome. Tens of thousands of New Yorkers' lives are hanging in the balance in this debate. They are either going to go home today knowing that we made history here in New York State, or they're going to go home incredibly disappointed, but certainly unbowed, and the struggle will continue. 
But I hope that we are going to make that history here today. I hope that we are going to take that step forward to continue the promise of Thomas Jefferson that Senator Schneiderman so eloquently talked about, or eradicate the inequality that Senator Adams described so painfully. I hope that we're going to make that choice. Because I reject, even though I have great respect for Senator Diaz, and I do, and he's not here, but I do have great respect for him, and I have great respect for his religious convictions. But this vote is not about politics. It's not about Democratic politics or Republican politics. It's not about who contributed to what campaign. It's not about who tried to make this body one party or another. It has absolutely nothing to do with this. This vote is about an issue of fairness and equality, not political. Of course, we must also add that not everyone is always on the same side when it comes to landmark rulings like these. There's always dissent and opposition. And here is a report back then from the CBS Evening News. A sea of people took to the street outside Governor Cuomo's office as the first weddings uniting same-sex couples were performed around the state. By far the largest group marched to the United Nations to demand that all New Yorkers, all 20 million residents, not just the 212 members of the legislature, be given a say on whether same-sex marriage should be legal. For a governor and a mayor and a city council to override the will of the people, um, they work for us and they should have never decided for New Yorkers. And thank you, Marsha, for your reporting back then. Um, we should also mention that lawmakers have had a different tone um, in New York City. For example, the former mayor, Michael Bloomberg, gave this interview with Christian Amanpour discussing the landmark ruling and two of his aides that he actually um, performed a wedding ceremony for. But to me, America has always stood for the freedom to practice your religion, say what you want to say, do what you want to do, as long as it doesn't hurt others. And also not impose any one person's religion on others. And in this case, as rainbow flags caress New York City's streets on Sunday every year, the Pride Parade in New York is one of, if not the biggest party in the world. Around 5 million people attend World Pride annually, and it's honestly no surprise. It's a celebration of being authentically yourself, surrounded by a community and by people who love and support you. This year's LGBT Pride Month will be celebrated differently due to the coronavirus pandemic, but the annual celebration will still be broadcasted, albeit differently, on WABC7 here in New York. Also, as we know, student activism has a peculiar calculus here in the United States. As students marched in the streets to declare equality for LGBTQ plus community, the Black Lives Matter movement, and women's rights, many clubs at universities set up donation drives, and for Pride Month at Fordham University's Lincoln Center campus, the Commuter Students Association and the Rainbow Alliance have teamed up together for a bail fund for transgender people who have been incarcerated. For more information, follow and message them on Instagram at CSA underscore LC and at FCLC Rainbow. Finally, on On My Beat today, we discuss what the word all means. We see in the documents, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness for all, albeit that I didn't say that in the correct order, but the word all does appear in there. Liberty and justice for all. Boom, it appears there again. Let's ask. Does all mean what it did then, now? Who is all in this situation? With that being said, I hope you enjoyed our program. I'm Hanya in here in New York. I'll see you all next week. And that is not all in the same context. I'll see everyone back here 
next week. I hope you all have a good night. And that's the world we woke up to today, June 26, 2020. I'm Panya in. Good night.